a few technical difficulties. Are they getting, oh, thumbs up, good deal. <laughs> it's all right. You had another 45 minutes before I needed those slides anyway, so no, I'm just kidding. I, uh, we moved up from Georgia about four years ago. I lived down there about, uh, oh, I think it was almost 23 years. And I met my beautiful wife down there, and she kept me down there for quite a while. Finally convinced her to move back here. No, it felt like that's where God was taking us. And uh, my wife and I have been married, celebrated 26 years this, this year, and had an uh, anniversary trip uh, down to Texas about a month ago and enjoyed that. And I think that was the first time that we actually flew somewhere together since we were married, except for our honeymoon. So it was a high time. <laughs> but uh, four of my children are here. Um, Austin is my second oldest. He is 19. And uh, then I have a daughter, Victoria. She's 16. Going on 20. Um, then I have a, a son, Kason. He's 10 tomorrow. 10 is his birthday is tomorrow. And then I have a daughter, Maddie. And she is six. And she is. Uh, did you ever see the Energizer Buddy TV commercial? It just goes and goes and goes. That's how she does from morning until night until it's about 10 o'clock and it's lights out. So she wakes up with a bang and goes to sleep with a bang. Then my oldest son and his daughter, um, Josh and Brittany, he's married to Brittany Miller. And. Uh, so they've been married two years now, so they are over in Gospel Haven this morning. How many of you have ever met a famous person? Nobody. I mean, some of you guys are famous, aren't you? So anybody ever met a famous sports player, president? Okay, who, who'd you meet? Never heard of him. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just, all right. So I, I had my claim to fame one time. I met, I, I had a fence company down in Georgia, and I went to uh, <clears throat> give a quote on the uh, St. Simons there at the island. Walked up to the house, and the lady came to the door, and she was deaf. And I, you could tell right away that I had to talk directly and clearly so she could lip read. And didn't realize who this was until a couple weeks later, my wife and I had gone on a little getaway, and I was, we were sitting there. I was waiting for her to get ready or whatever, and all of a sudden I saw this lady come on to television and she was doing a ad on behalf of uh, Miss America. Here she was Miss America. And uh, well, that just kind of took me by surprise. But meeting her, you would have never thought that this was a big deal. But 
You know, that, that is quite an accomplishment, especially she was the first to ever with a disability to actually um, gain that status. Heather Whitestone was her name. So let me ask you, I'm going to briefly just lay a little bit of groundwork before I actually go into the message. Um, so if by chance the president of the United States or one of even the former presidents would walk in here, what would your reaction be? It would be, I mean, nobody else would be in here, just this group. And he would walk in here and he would decide to worship with us. It would be pretty astounding. I would, I would personally, I would not want to be standing up here. It would really make me nervous. You guys make me nervous enough, but I'd probably get sick to my stomach and probably have to get out of here. Three of the most famous sports icons in today in the last 20 years. Can anybody name them? Nobody wants to risk it. That's one. He's number one. Anybody know what number two is? That's right. Number three? That's right. In that order. You guys did good. Do you know who the president is? (laughs) So my point in all of that, that is to keep that in mind, if somebody famous would be coming in here, we would not ask them to do some mediocre job. You would not ask them home for lunch and expect them to clean your house or clean your bathroom. You would take good care of them. You would want them to do a, just be delighted with just being there and you'd take good care of them. You'd want to sit and have a good conversation with them and learn maybe something from them. You would not expect this famous person to do anything degrading. Am I right? Keep that thought in mind. The title of my message is Dirty Feet. And I want to ask you a question. And I was already amazed at how the Sunday school lesson actually tied in with what I'm talking on this morning. I was quite astounded um, that God actually struggled. Jesus struggled with the same things that we struggle with. You read in Hebrews chapter uh, 2, verse 17. It is uh, 2, 17 through 18 wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in the things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people for in that he himself hath suffered being tempted he is able to secure which means aid them that are tempted so he struggled with the same exact feelings that you and I have struggled with fear discouragement Temptation, anger, 
disappointment. So I had, I had kind of geared towards preaching this, and oftentimes I will be tested in one way or the other, either the week before or a week after. It's usually a tough week, and this week was a tough week. I'll, I'll, ad, I'll admit to you, it was really a tough week. But I'll tell you a little background story. About three months ago, we purchased another part of a company somewhere. Anyway, long story, but another guy from northwest Ohio contacted us and wanted to buy what we have. And I refused. I, I, I refused to, said no, not interested. And uh, he actually ended up getting pretty ugly about it. And he went and contacted each one of the clients that we've been working with, sent them a letter telling them how awful we were, and I just stated a whole bunch of things that were really untrue. And I had to fight and struggle with my attitude right then and there. It was like, this is so not right what he's doing. And I spent almost a month doing what I call damage control. So I, I, uh, I had worked through all of that. All of the clients that I've been working with, they, they begin to understand who he is, what he's doing, and all of this stuff. I could finally take a deep breath, and I began to relax a little bit. Monday morning, what do you think happened this last Monday morning? Somehow he got a hold of my cell phone number, called me just as I was walking out the door, and I was getting ready to take the children to school that morning. And here's this guy. And he had written a letter and accused us of malfeasus. How many know what that is? Gross negligence, public harm. I don't know what all it is. It's, it's a big word. He said, nice to meet you, finally on the phone at least. And had a, he tried to make nice conversation. And I was so... Taken aback, I literally had to sit down and take a deep breath because here was the very guy that was trying to destroy and cut under what we were doing. He was literally trying to take everything that we had away from us. And he said, you know, I I, uh, would like to revisit that and see if you would be willing to sell out. And it took everything within me to say very calmly and kindly as I could that, no, I don't think that we're interested. And soon the conversation was over and it was done. I'll tell you the rest of the story after the message. Did Christ experience any of those feelings that I just went through? Hebrews 4.15 is another one. 
Verse 15 and 16. For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with our feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Turn with me, if you would, to John chapter 13. Now before the feast, I'm going to start reading in verse 1 here. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour was come, and that he should depart out of this world unto the Father, having loved his own which were in the world, he loved them unto the end. And supper being ended, the devil having now put into the heart of Judas Iscariot, Simeon's son, to betray him. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, that he was come from God, went to God. He riseth, riseth from supper and laid aside his garments and took a towel and girt himself. After that, he poured, poureth water into the basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. Then cometh he to Simon Peter, and Peter saith unto him, Lord, dost thou wash my feet? And Jesus answered and said unto him, What I do thou knowest not now, but thou shalt know hereafter. Peter saith unto him, Thou shalt never wash my feet. Jesus answered, If I wash thee not, thou hast no part with me. Then he wanted to be cleansed completely, 100%. He wanted to shower from head to toe. And Jesus said to him, It is he that is washed needeth not to have wash, not, uh, not to say, not, Okay, let's just start all over there. He that is washed needeth not to not save to wash his feet, but is clean every whit, and ye are clean, but not all. For he knew who should betray him. Wherefore he said, Ye are not all clean. So after that he had washed their feet, and taken his garments, and was set down again, he said to them, Know ye what I have done to you? You call me Master and Lord, and ye say, Well, for so I am. If I then be your Lord and Master, and have washed your feet, ye also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example, that ye should do as I have done unto you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, that the servant is not greater than his Lord, neither is he that is sent greater than he that, is, that sent him. If ye know these things, happy are ye if ye do them. And I'm going to jump down to, well, I'll just continue to read there. If I speak not of you all, I know whom I have chosen, but that the scripture may be fulfilled. He that eateth the bread with me hath lifted up his heel against me. Now I tell you, before it come, that now I tell you, before it come, when it is come to pass, you may believe that I am he. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that receiveth whomsoever I send receiveth me, and he that receiveth me receiveth him that sent me. When Jesus had said, thus said, he was troubled in his spirit and testified and said, Verily, verily, I say unto you that one of you shall betray me. Then the disciples looked at one another, doubting of whom he spake. Going back to... 
the first part of the chapter, I'm going to give you a little bit of a background on Judas. And you, you know the story. You know this story. This is often read at communion time, the feet washing chapter. That's what it's known for. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. If you go back to uh, just a few chapters before, Judas is witness to a tremendous miracle of seeing Lazarus raised from the dead. That's quite amazing. But he was chosen by God. He was his disciple. He was, he was one of the select twelve. He was apparently, he was trusted. He was given the, uh, a spot of being a treasurer. So, if you would not trust, is it Amy? As, if you would know her as a thief, and you would, as a group, turn and give her all the money, and she would be a known thief, that's not really what we do. We don't think that is wise. But see what Jesus did? She, he just turned around and handed everything to Jesus. I'm not calling you a thief, okay? <laughs> By a long shot. <laughs> but you see our mindset? How we think and how God thinks is way different at times. He was taught by God. He walked with God. He sat with God. He experienced the miracles that he, that he was... Uh, a part of there. He was given opportunity by God. And then in chapter 12, when Mary broke that jar of ointment over and for Jesus' feet, that was uh, 300 pence. That was basically, uh, okay, today's Wages, it would be like somebody, uh, $30,000 to $40,000 wage, the, basically taking a year's wages and breaking and spilling it all over the ground for somebody's feet. A year's wages. Any, any takers? We're pretty protective. And Jesus didn't, it, he didn't blink an eye. And he said, just leave her alone. So, why wash feet? Who washes feet? Could you imagine the President of the United States walking down the street with a bowl of water, sitting down and washing a homeless person's feet? It's not going to happen. Could you imagine one of those sports icons washing some poor person's feet? Probably not going to happen. In the Bible time, and, and I have a few statistics that will frighten the ladies that wear flip-flops. How many wear flip-flops? Uh-huh. Might not after this. I'll look at the biblical reason for washing feet. Then if we have time, I'll go into... Uh, a few statistics that they found with the things that are found on floors and flip-flops and all that good stuff. 
In the Bible times, the dusty and dirty conditions of the region, you can imagine dusty roads full of animal waste and I don't know what all. It's probably horrible. And probably what you would have seen is feet like this, pretty nasty and grubby. And here you have the Lord and Master, the creator of the universe, girding himself with a towel, getting down on his knees, and doing the very humbling, menial job that is meant for servants and slaves. And he is humbly washing their feet. And he washed the very person's feet that was going to betray him and deny him. Peter, Peter was also in this mix. They're all going to deny him. But as a very important person, you don't, you don't do that lightly. But he bowed down and he humbly washed their feet. But what I want to get to is what does it look like today? We can talk about all of this in history, but what does it mean today? It doesn't mean that I walk around with a bucket of water or a pail and say, hey, do you have dirty feet? Can I wash them? But more than that, and that is, when I begin to realize that there's people out there, you can go to the next slide if you don't mind. How many of you know people that have feet like this? How many of you have had feet like this? Oh, there's a few honest people right here. Are you beginning to see where I'm going with this? I've had feet like this that I needed washing from the Savior. And I also needed washing from my brothers in Christ. We talked in Sunday school, why pray for each other? This is, this is why we do that. It's not always a literal washing, but it is a spiritual caring. And oftentimes, we don't, we like to say the right things and pray for each other and I'll pray for you and I'll... But if we have a thief among us, if we have somebody that is not necessarily a brother and we've all had those people touch our lives, that it's harder to wash their feet than what you think. It is for me. Because I don't rub shoulders with them day to day. For the sake of time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep on going here. Why don't we go to the next slide?
in verse 13, 14, 15, and 16. I want you to take note of something right here. He said, if you call me master and Lord and you say, well, for so I, so I am, that if I then, your Lord and master, have washed your feet, so ought you to wash one another's feet. Judas was still in the mix here. Do you think those disciples, later on, when Judas betrayed Jesus and he committed suicide, do you think they realized then and there, look, we might have those people coming into our midst again, and I am commanded by Christ. Look at what Christ did. He didn't exclude Judas from that supper. And so oftentimes, we might not physically exclude somebody, but we'll exclude them within here. We'll cut them off. We'll say no. Outwardly, we can smile and say welcome and all all this, but inside, we're saying, nope, not here, not in my house. And Jesus is like washing his feet. And so oftentimes when we have a Judas, we don't want to wash his feet. It, just real honestly. I mean, he was a man not of God. You can go to the next slide. Most of the times when we get involved in other people's lives, it involves getting a little bit of mess. Gross and messy. When a brother or sister has fallen into sin and they're looking for forgiveness and redemption and healing, to walk with and to wash their feet. How many of you have had to have your feet washed? We've all had to have our feet washed. We've all been on the receiving end of it through Christ. Christ Christ has done this for us. He did this for me. And if you're born again and you are bought with a price, there was a price to pay. He had to wash your feet, dirty and grimy. And you know what? He's still washing our feet. We still get grime and dirt. And we we get pretty tore up. You can go to the next slide. Most of the times when we get down to wash somebody's feet spiritually, they're like this. Not often do we go to communion and we see any dirty feet. You can go to the next slide. Caring for each other. Taking care of the ones that are right around us. Letting that spread. As each of us go out from here. And we begin to rub shoulders with the world. And we think. How can I wash. This person's feet. You can go to the next slide. I'm almost done here. I'll just wrap it up. I'm just kind of skimming through here. 
serve with humility. It is easy for Dave to rise up. It is easy to get really defensive when somebody wants to take something from me. It is easy to speak out in defense. It is easy to defend myself and my own actions for what this guy was doing to me. The last slide. After this guy called me and I told him no, not going to happen. And I was driving to work. Guess what thoughts started plummeting my mind? (laughs) Not good ones. But I, I began to realize that maybe I didn't wash his feet. Did I wash his feet the way I should have? Maybe I should have invited him for coffee. I know for a fact that this man is an agnostic. He is a proclaimed agnostic. Agnostic, definition of an agnostic, a person who believes in nothing, is that nothing is known or can be known in the existence or nature of God or of anything beyond material phenomenon. A person who claims neither faith nor disbelief in God. Just has nothing. Is it my opportunity to reach out to him? Those are the questions that I battled with. Do I wash feet like Jesus did? Without reservation, am I willing to reach out to this guy? Oh, by the way, by the middle of the week, he had another letter out to my clients. Yes, I dealt directly with what I was studying on. It was not a fun week. But the challenge is, do I wash like Jesus washed? Without reservation, it doesn't matter. It cost, I mean, it cost the treasury a lot of money. That could have been sold and given to the poor. Realistically, a lot of us think that way. Why don't we pray? Father, I thank you for the challenge that this has been in my own life. It's not been fun. It's not been easy. Teaching me to care for others and to wash others' feet. Father, as I go from here and and each one as we leave from here, that we could just remember to, as the people that we meet and rub shoulders with, that we begin to look at these people through your eyes of love and compassion. That you do not make mistakes and you, you allow our paths to cross with people that is not a mistake. Help us to walk in faithfulness and to learn to walk in obedience to what you ask of us. And I ask your blessing on this group, and I ask your blessing on um, them as a body here, that they could grow in strength and in courage, 
one another for the walk of life ahead. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for your time, and I will turn it back over to you.